This country was built on a distinctly American work ethic. But today, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and diminished our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make a variety of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more. All made right here in the USA, from growing the cotton and adding the final touches. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs for seamsters, cutters, and factory workers in towns and cities across the United States. And it's about more than an income. Jobs bring pride. Purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20. What's up, everyone? Come prop up on Thrive Fantasy this season. Knicks, Jets, etc. is sponsored by Thrive Fantasy, a daily fantasy sports app, but for player props. They have eliminated the need to do countless hours of research because they only ask about the top-tier athletes in each respective sport. If NFL, you choose 10 out of the 20 player prop options to build your lineup, and if it's the NBA or eSports, you could choose 5 out of the 10 player prop options to build your lineup. Each prop has a fantasy point total associated with the over-under based on the likelihood of it to occur, and then they tier the prop so the more points a selection is worth, the riskier it is. It's actually pretty cool. The more points you rack up, the bigger share of the prize pool. Thrive has awarded over $1.4 million in prizes since launching in 2018 and has $50,000 guaranteed in prizes for NFL week-to-week and thousands more with the NBA returning soon. So download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store or by visiting the website at www.thrivefantasy.com. Make sure to use the promo code KJE. When you sign up today and you'll receive an instant deposit match of up to $50 with a $20 minimum. You must be 18 years or older and you can't deposit funds or enter it into any paid contests in states such as New York, New Jersey, New Hampshire, Maine, Pennsylvania, Vermont, Virginia, and Washington. Again, Thrive Fantasy, promo code KJE for Knicks, Jets, etc. Sign up today and prop up for free money and a chance at more prizes. The Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast with Alex Trateris, John Malika, and Ricey on the beat. Let's go. What's good, everyone? Another Knicks episode of the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast. Alex Harris here with you with my buddy, my co-host, my pal, the man with a plan. Always John Malika. John, how are you doing, bro? I'm good, man. I'm good. What a somber intro from Alex, who's usually off the rails right now, just hyped up. Man. Uh, I, I know. I would usually be hyped, but after these last two games, game three, game four, man, <laughs> sheesh, it is. The Hawks it got you not, down. The Hawks got you down bad. Yeah, man. More so, the Knicks <laughs> got me down more than anything else. I don't know what. I don't know who put Kryptonite in the yeah. locker room, but uh, we need to find you and beat the living daylights out of you because this is not right. This is not the New York Knicks. This is this is not New York <laughs> Knicks basketball. I don't know what this is. I, we are being robbed, and I know people are out there upset with Julius Randle and everybody understanding. I understand the frustration. I think this is just a case of the yips, man. Honestly, just it, you get to that moment, that big, that big moment. And it's just 
a lot. And I don't necessarily think this is who he is for the rest of his career moving forward. But first time being in the big spotlight, I don't know if this is just too much for him. It seems like it, but that, that's where I want to start off, man. That's that's where I can't start off because I don't know how you can just watch this game and like like we see Julius. He played played better yesterday than he has this entire series, but it's still not it's still not Randall, you know, that we're used to this entire season. And I, I'm just gonna go straight to it because we need him, man. He's the engine. We're not getting the engine is just stalling. And it's just it's just stopping everything else. What do you think, man? Are you good? how are you doing? First of all, I know it's just I I'm just <laughs> it's too much, man. It's too much. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I mean, I think it's to the game on Wednesday, game five. I yeah. am not looking forward to that at this moment, but I also am looking forward to it at the same time. So I'm kind of just like letting it play out right now. My emotions settle because I agree with you, man. Randall is our engine, but this is Knicks basketball, but not of this year. I'd say more of last of last year. Like this is 2019 Randall, right? He's getting his numbers um, on the easy side, like points and rebounds, but his efficiency is horrible. His field goal percentage is, is terrible. His turnovers aren't that bad, but we we go as far as Randall takes us. You know, the role player play a role in it. Like IQ, Burks, Bullock, even D Rose, like they, they're, they're playing a role, but we only go as far as Randall and then kind of how far RJ takes us. RJ's another guy who this whole season, whatever RJ does, however, whatever RJ's energy is on the court is usually translates to the whole team. Whenever he's having those games where he's going one for eight, the Knicks are slacking. The games where he's aggressive and being more efficient, the Knicks were killing it. Cause he's also getting his numbers right now. What is he at? Like 21 points or something like that? Like his, his numbers are good too. So it's more about the fact that, I mean, God, it's so damn simple at the, I know it's so frustrating, but we're just not knocking down shots. I mean, we have our shots and that's what's driving me crazy. Yes. We're getting double teamed and we're not passing fast enough. We've heard that a thousand times from coach Tibbs and every, and all the analysts. Like we get it. We know that. Our shooters get exposed in the playoffs when they get game planned against. We get that. But Randall missing all these shots, I mean, what are you going to do? Like, R.J. Barrett, like, the fact that Doris Burke was counting the missed field goals from R.J. and Randall was frustrating in the first quarter, but it was also like, damn, dude, just hit the shot. They can't hear her. You know what I mean? Just like, if if they just like, they could have changed that narrative. So, Unfortunately, playoffs, NBA basketball it is a narrative. Every game is a narrative. Every movement in the series, like the two, that's a narrative. The two, that's a narrative. And then the one, one, one. Each game is going to be its own narrative. So as pessimistic as I am at the moment, I'm just sad. <laughs> it's not really that I'm pessimistic. I'm just sad. I actually am optimistic because can Trey Young close out the Knicks? Like, are the Knicks just really going to be closed out like that? I do like the grittiness at the end of that game, Alex. What do you think? Like, do you think that, like... I mean, Randall was coming to himself at the end of the game. He was being a little more efficient. It was, of course, too late. The second half is where we're getting killed every game, third quarter. But I do like the grittiness, man. Like busting John Collins' lip, John Collins' lip. You know, Trey Young talking trash to Taj and Taj not taking it at all. Like I, I feel like there's an edge to that. And coming back to game five in Madison Square Garden, that's what home that's what home court advantage is all about. You got to close us out. 
know what I mean? I don't think they're going to be able to close this out at least to game five. Like, let's just keep it, you know, linear, at least for the moment. For sure. For sure. And I do like the grittiness, but honestly, the grittiness only goes so far unless you're competitive shots. In, ga- <laughs> in games like do- and winning, man. It doesn't mean anything to me. You know, you, you just become a punk at that point. And, you know, no one yeah. wants to. You just, <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. I like it. I'm glad that these guys have some heart and they have, you know, higher standards for themselves that they're getting frustrated because they know they, they should be hitting their shots. And look, man, let's, let's call like it is. Here are your top three, your top, I should say not top three, but here are the guys shooting over. who are shooting 50% and higher right now. You ready for this? For the, for the series. Here's who's hitting 50% or higher throughout the series. Nerlens Noel, Derek Rose, Obi Toppin, Taj Gibson. They want over 40%. Only Alec, only Alec Burks. Everyone under 40%, that's RJ Barrett, Reggie Bullock, Manuel Quickly, Julius Randle, Alfred Payton, Frank, all those guys. It's <laughs> tough. Like, that's, that's tough. And, and, you know, Macri, Macri pulled it out on his, on, on his, in his newsletter this morning. Shout out to Nick's film school. Our free, our three point percentage from those guys also has dropped dramatically since the all-star break, like almost 20%, man. Yeah. It, 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 we were the, most efficient three-point shooting team during the regular season. Somehow it has flown out the window. I don't know how. I honestly don't know. We're shooting as a team. As a team, 32.8%. That is abysmal. That's not even league average. As a team? Man. Like, and league average for anyone who doesn't know is 35.8. That's it's stark. That is bad. Like, we're, we're missing... And we're, the thing is, we're missing – we're not even getting wide-open looks. You know what I mean? We're not getting frequent wide-open looks. We're rushing three-point – like, the Hawks are doing a good job defensively on us. Like, you're watching games. They're yep. closing out on us. They're making it hard for us to get our three-point shots. That's why Reggie's uncomfortable. Alec Burks is uncomfortable. Julius Randle's uncomfortable. RJ is just – looks like he's rushing his shots, just trying to get into rhythm when he's open. It's, it's, it's messing with everything, and they're not letting the game come to them. They're forcing everything. Every time I watch them play, it seems everything is forced, that they're not letting it come to them. And they're, they're, they know that they're in a hole, but they're doing the wrong things to get out of a hole, right? You need to let the game come to you, look for your shots, not, and, and just play the way you've been playing the entire regular season. And they're not doing that. They're just not. And, you know, whether it's Randall not hitting his fadeaway baseline jumpers, whether it's, RJ not even getting his corner looks that you, that we're used to seeing. He's shooting from everywhere but the corner right now. You those know, hurt Alec the Burke, most, bro. Those they, those two what? hurt the most because they've been so consistent all year. I know. You know, and they we and they led the league in those spots. Yeah, yeah. both both of them. RJ led the league in, from corner three point on the right side. Mm-hmm. Julius Randle corner right uh corner right baseline jumper for the mid, yep. for the mid range. They both led the league in it. From from uh from efficiency standpoint, from how how for how they can hit it, and we're not getting that. And they're not when you're not hitting your shots. And guess what? This is part of the game where you're not going to hit your shots. You always hope that it's some point during the regular season and not the postseason. Because be honest, one you can be in your own head, and two, there's just times where you're going to be in a drought. Even if you play, even if you play high school, college, uh, pickup, there's going to be weeks that you're just not hitting it. It's that it's just a fact, it, and that's why this is a numbers game. Unfortunately, it's happening now, and I think it's not just them missing their shots. I also think that they're in our own head. The good thing I could say from this past game is that it looked like RJ started to get a little bit back into rhythm, 
Okay. And I'm not looking from a number standpoint. I'm just looking at his demeanor in the second half. He started yeah. getting the things, whether it's driving, using his body and trying to finish at the rack. Now it's just to expand that, get to that three point. The thing I, I miss and I haven't seen RJ do is that snake dribble. He, we, no one's been sending him the screen to do that snake dribble. I haven't seen it all series, really, maybe a few times, but I really haven't seen it. And we're so used to seeing that during the regular season, him using that snake dribble, getting to the middle uh, of the court and going down the lane and finishing in the paint. And we're not seeing that. The Jimmy you know? Butler vibes. Yeah, I don't see it right now. And this is also a testament to a young team where they're young. You know, we have – I was – here we go. <laughs> Oh boy, here we go. I know, man. I know. It's here so we tough. Go. Yes, here we go. It's so here, tough, here, dude. Hold, hold, here we go. Here we go. So here. John, I did all I did a little research uh before <laughs> this. Before this uh, not before this podcast, for something that I'm working on. And I have to tell you right now, I did the numbers on how many guys total total minutes played in the playoffs between everybody. Okay. How many guys do you think have played prior to the Knicks this season, have played over 500 minutes in the playoffs. This, well, just in general? How yeah, on the roster. And, I'm sorry. No, oh, just in general. Oh, on our team. Just in general. Yeah, on our team. On our team, how oh, okay. many guys do you think have played over 500 minutes in playoff in playoff minutes, except for this, not including this yeah, season? Yeah, I got you. Hmm, who was in the playoffs on this team? Who has experience? It's Bullock. I, I would say I would say two players. You're right. Only two players yeah. have over 500 minutes on this team. Who do you think yeah. they are? Is it is it Bullock? No, uh, you, you you know you know who it is. It's very it's two you it's two you know who it is. It's two very oh, easy Dero's. guys. Dero's and Taj. There you go. Oh, I didn't so, realize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. So they got the most. So minutes to, total minutes for Derrick Rose prior to the Knicks, 1,784 minutes played in the playoffs. Taj Gibson. 1,443 minutes played. This is without including the Knicks minutes. Guys who have had some playoff minutes, and this is the remainder. We have Reggie Bullock, who has a total of 27 minutes played. <laughs> okay, I was off on that. <laughs> All right, 27 minutes. Next person, Alec Burks, 278 minutes. Yeah, here's my second guess. <laughs> and the last person, Nerlens Noel, wow. 157 mm-hmm. minutes played. Mm-hmm. All way under. 500 minutes, at least in the playoffs. Everybody else, a whopping, well, we can include Theo Pinto at 22 minutes and, <laughs> and Norvell Pell, who had seven minutes. Dude, that doesn't really way more out of that, 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 that doesn't not, not enough. Don't really consider it. Might as well just be zero to me. You know what I mean? But everyone else is a whopping zero. No playoff experience whatsoever. Now you could say that conversely for the Hawks. You know, most of those guys are young, like John Collins hasn't played. Uh, Kevin Herter, uh, Bogdan, actually, no, Bogdanovich, uh, never played in the playoffs. You had Gallo, who has played in the playoffs. Lou Williams, who's been in the playoffs. Trey Young hasn't been in the playoffs. So it doesn't really matter, but I'm just saying that we have a young team. So it's, some teams are just ready for it. And the Hawks clearly are showing that they're ready right now. We'll see if they can close it out, but then, and we'll see if the Knicks can bounce back, but, to get this type of start, you know, is not it's not shocking based on the lack of playoff experience that we have on this team. That's all I want to get to. Yeah, I mean the the one the one thing that bothers me there is the fact that Pell had some 
playoff experience, and we just won't let him get in the game where obviously Noel is a shell of himself due to injury. Why can't we get Pell in there? I mean, it's seven minutes. I mean, how much? Well, I, mean, is I, mean, seven I, know, minutes? I know, but it's not like it's not like he's like a, a total like G League player who like doesn't know anything. Like you know what I mean? As, as it feels like. It feels like he should be in there instead of Noel. That's all I'm saying. Just at the okay. moment, it's not, I love Noel, but he, he's injured. It's, it's obvious. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, the same would be said for like Theo Pinson, but this is where I'm not too upset about those guys because they're really end of the bench guys and they've come in for, you know, the remaining minutes yeah. of the playoff series where they don't really get that much burn. But when it comes to needing a center, I don't, I don't see, I don't think Pell's going to do much against Collins. Maybe grab a rebound. Or maybe grab a rebound. <laughs> okay, but, look, that, that'll be fair. Honestly, that would make my heart very warm. I would be that <laughs> person if we can get a rebound or two. That would be really, really, really good. Because board man gets you. paid. I get that. Nobody's getting paid on the Knicks at the moment because nobody's grabbing boards. I hear you. I hear you. I'm just, you know, I guess what I'm trying to get with the, these minutes is that, like I said, this team is very inexperienced. This is not surprising. And for anyone who is looking for more. I mean, we should always be wanting more from our team, but based on the fact that this team overachieved the season, made the playoffs when they weren't supposed to make the playoffs, we've gotten farther than we were expected to. And the fact that we're even here to learn from the, from these mistakes will be so valuable moving forward. So I would be, I'm not, I wouldn't be totally disappointed. I was hoping for more of a series though, especially in the beginning, you know, that, that's all I really want. And we still have a chance to see that. I'm not calling them out yet. It ain't, I don't consider anything over until the fat lady sings as the old expression goes. So it ain't over. We still got next game at MSG on Wednesday. Hopefully the Knicks can win that one and make it more of a series, but. But I think it's more than that. I don't think it's that. I don't think it's just that cliche of a long shot. I think the Knicks could easily win one game at a time and get, get it back to number seven. I think so too. I, I yeah. think they actually can. They just, we need to figure out, there needs to be another adjustment. Okay. So I guess let's go into the adjustment portion of this because we've discussed that we should have Derek Rose starting because Alfred Payton wasn't doing it. Now we see some people out there, including Payton's mom, which I think we should talk on that a little bit because I don't think that's a good look for her, especially when you should be rooting for the team. Okay. Things happen. Well, it's fine. I get your frustration. She's just she's just relaying what her son is doing. Her son has not been rooting for the team all year. I mean, at least, at least since at least since the All Star break, and it's been obvious to anybody who has looked for him on the bench on television. It's been obvious to anyone who was at the games, and it's been obvious if you just look at the stats. Like in any, in any aspect of it, it's obvious that he doesn't. He's completely checked out, and his family members are usually family members are usually not as professional. As the professional basketball player, for for good reason, for bad reason, I'm sure they're getting chirped at on social media by strangers. That can't be fun, and it's just showing the true colors of how they're how they're feeling. Like they they've been checked out on the Knicks, and it's just frustrating that we have to give deference to Peyton to start right because Scott Perry and this, and we have to and you know he helped us here and all this stuff. Meanwhile, he can care less about the team. So why do we have, you know, we're giving him his money. Why do we have to like baby this guy? You know what I mean? At this point, I'm just sick of babying him. I would rather lose 
with like Harper in the in the point guard spot than have Alfred Payton like chilling in there at this point. Like I don't want him anywhere near. I'm glad that he is at this point sitting four rows behind, you know, and hanging out with the medical staff during the game. Like at this point, good, enjoy. Yeah, I mean, look, I told you when I went to the Celtics game that he looked like a man that was defeated. I feel like I feel bad for the guy. Don't get me wrong, but I don't know more. But but, but, but this is what I was going to say. I don't feel bad if you're not. I I can't feel there's only a level of bad I can feel bad for you if you're not rooting for the team, cheering for the team, being engaged. Like he's not even engaged. You know, shout out to shout out to CP, our boy from Knicks Fan TV, who's down there right now, represented for new for our Knicks fandom, right, and and getting everyone like ready for pregames and stuff like that. And he had the video of Peyton just chilling, just not like not even not even cheering for the team. Not everyone else jumps up. This guy's just sitting in the background. And I'm not going to go too much into that because that. That's yeah, whatever. I, Who cares? I, 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 don't, I don't care. But let's get into where, um, let's get into what the starting lineup. The next, yeah. What do you think the next adjustment should be? Do you think Derek Rose should do it? Because as we've seen, and this is, you know, even I'll, and I'll, and I'll, I'll say, I'll, I'll take, you know, my, I was wrong because I'll say that just point blank. I wanted Derek Rose in the starting lineup during the middle of the season when we got him because we saw there's just a difference between what he he brings and what Peyton brings. I am wrong. Unless this has worked out the entire season, I now see that we need him on the second unit because he really galvanizes the troops with Taj, everyone on that second unit, whether it's Obi, Taj, uh, Burks, uh, IQ, him, that, that, that second unit hums. It just hums. When they're all together, even if you don't have Burks right on that second unit, it just hums with those guys alone because you get your shooter in IQ. You get a Derek Rose has just been shooting really well this this series. He's shown up to play. It is amazing. He has just shown up to play, and I love Derek Rose. Not enough I can't say about him. Taj Gibson has shown up to play. Obi Toppin, by the way, has shown up to play. Okay, all besides these guys are shooting, showing besides the shooting. But yeah. Besides the shooting, but you know what? I, I like the aggressiveness, the rebounding, everything else that he's doing, mm-hmm. and he's moving. He's moving without the and he's moving without the ball. Just got to find him sometimes. I just, do you think we need to put D Rose back to the second unit? Because that may be the case. And then do you just flip Burks into the starting unit? What do you think, John? I first of all, let me let, let me let me preface it with this. How did you feel when? As soon as game three, you know, they took forever to let us know what the lineup was going to be. How did you feel when you saw Rose and Taj in the starting lineup? Like, what was your initial reaction? I wasn't ecstatic with Taj because that means Noel is just hurt and we Mm -hmm. need Noel too. And we can't lose centers, but I get it. I get why he's starting because you don't want, you don't want to give up points to Clint Capella on the paint just willy nilly in the beginning of the game. You want to create some competition. So I get that. Derek Rose, I was happy with it because we need we needed scoring. We needed someone who can give us something in the beginning, and D Rose did that in Game Three. Okay, he just he just did, and I you know I was I was happy with it. I knew that the second unit may be compromised, but I was happy with it because we at least got a change. We at least are experimenting with something else instead mm-hmm. of just being in the hole from the get go. You know? Yeah. How did you How did you feel? Yeah, I I, I completely agree. So. My initial reaction was, okay, like everyone else, okay, wow, this is huge. DeRose is starting. And then right away, my eyes flipped to Taj. And I'm like, okay, I get it. They want DeRose and Taj together. They've been, you know, killing it all year in the second unit. However, now, 
we're compromising the rest of the second unit because if they're supposed to be good to go, what like what about IQ? Like D Rose and IQ without IQ and D Rose together, IQ really hasn't been that good, honestly. And maybe it's because, like you were saying, D Rose is slashing. But I think it's because he's just gathering more attention to begin with. Like it's just D Rose, you know what I mean? Like it, the, the the defense is looking at him. So when you give it to the to the you know the rookie with braids, <laughs> like standing thirty five feet away, they don't they're, they're good with that. You know what I mean? And so it opens it up for him. And so that was my slight worry. But of course, I was hyped at first. I was I really was. I was hyped. I was like, look, Burks is going to take over the second unit. We'll have Burks and Noel in there, and it'll be seamless. We'll be good to go. The problem is we weren't good to go in the second unit. The, the first unit brought it, even without Randall and RJ playing well. So you're like, wow, this this worked. And we played well in the first quarter. We won the first quarter the last two games. Who cares? But that happened. You know what I mean? We're talking about the starting lineup. The first half, yesterday we were down by four. Uh, the first game, I think it was it was close. Were you winning? Uh, I'm not sure. I think it was close. Can't remember it. At this exact moment, there's there's a certain trepidation that's so obvious, man. In the third quarter, during during the quote unquote Trey Young off hours, okay. So the efficiency for the Hawks drops pretty dramatically when Trey Young's off the court, but because we are trying to match their first unit by diminishing our strength, which is our bench unit. We have now like dumbed it down to their level. Does that make any sense? So now we the the I mean <laughs> it sucks to say it out loud, but the Hawks are more talented than us. We we knew that all year. Even though we beat them three times. We we knew that all year. So we are and we know that the Knicks' strength is our bench, including our X Factors. Instead of just playing to our strength on the bench versus their weakness. Of like Lou Williams is their main guy off the bench. And when we're dealing with like, okay, we just have to hold the storm of Bogey and Trey Young and Clint Capella. Instead of doing that, we diminished our bench and our strength of our first still didn't match to them. So they still beat us, you know, with their first unit. Eventually they, they wear us down. And now their second unit is beating us with Trey Young off the court because we have weakened it on our own accord. Yes, because we have some injuries here and there, but. It's mostly because of our point guard just not producing. So I know it's, it can't be the one person's fault, but it, there's it's proximate cause, Alex. There's proximate cause, right? Like there, there's a ripple effect. We need to change the starting lineup. It diminished our bench, and now look what's happening. It sucks, man, because Taj Gibson is our best player this series. Our second best player is D Rose. You know what I mean? So it sucks. Like it, it, it just, it's so frustrating that we have our best players and now our bench isn't picking it up because I guess maybe they're just our best two players. If you're asking me what I want to do, I've been, I, I said it, I guess after game three and it was confirmed for me during that stretch of the season where Alec Burks stepped up and he was the point guard, man. He was a starting point guard for our team and we were winning games and everyone was nervous. Everyone was like, oh my goodness, we have no guards. Alec Burks, remember we were like, Jared Harper's getting minutes today. Remember those days? Like, and Jared Harper never saw the court and Alec Burks was killing it. So I would say throw Alec Burks as the point guard. It's just tough with no center. I really want North Pell. He can't start, but if you could just like 
give me Noel and then just like throw in North Pell like real quick before you do the whole like D Rose and Taj Gibson second unit. I think that'd be cool. But I don't know, man. It, it just drives me nuts. And I see this. I know there's no comparison, but like, I also see this in like rec ball. When like all, all year something is working and you're like, even on the other side, you're so stubborn. You don't want to change anything. You're like, this is how we play. This is how we do. We're going to work out of it. You know what I mean? Whether it's the Randall plays or the IQ taking, you know, taking over or whether it's R- the given RJ leeway, even like letting Knox shoot it a couple times, like just like we, cause we need shooters. I don't know. I just, I hate that we never changed our lineup all year long. We were so stubborn. And then all of a sudden now, like game three, we're changing it. Now we're talking about rechanging it again for game five. Like just stick with the same philosophy. You know, you're sticking with the same philosophy for defense. You. You're sticking with the same philosophy for offense. You're sticking with the same philosophy for everything. Like now all of a sudden we're down to start changing lineups for game three, game five, well, game seven. Like, I don't know that that stuff. Like it just feels like it, we're being desperate. And I guess we are. I, 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 we are desperate, you know. Yeah. This is the time to be desperate because, and you bring up proximate cause. And for anyone who's not an attorney or a law student who under does who doesn't understand this legal jargon, there's in a tort you have well, there, there, there's five elements to making uh, a tort, which is personal injury claim. And what, what oh, was, what, yeah, I'm not gonna go through all of it. I can't. I can't, I can't <laughs> oh God, I'm yeah. sorry. But, I'm sorry. But there's actual. I want it because I want to use this. There's there's a por- there's a portion. When we talk about when we talk about the the five elements of, you brought it up, John. Uh, okay, I was just saying the proximate cause is his fault, man. It's, it, 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 there's a there's a domino effect. It's a, that's all it is. The proximate yeah, cause is sure. a domino effect. Yeah, for for it, facts. Okay, so let me let me make it clear because I just want to explain it. There in the five the five elements of negligence four, for, which is under torts. There's duty, breach, cause, proximate cause, and harm. Cause or, no, or, or known as actual, <laughs> actual cause, the thing that causes it, that's Alfred Payton. Proximate cause is the remaining fucking damages that ca- come from it. And honestly, I, I agree with you. Like in, in that aspect, I just had to get to that because there is, there is the actual cause, which is if Alfred Payton could give us 10 to 15 good minutes, we're not in this situation. All right. We're, we're not talking about this. If he's not playing lax on defense, if he's actually doing something on offense if he was just driving and getting those couple of buckets that we need from him we're not here and i get it but to get to the other point being so stubborn and creating rotation the coaching plan you know i get that too and it sucks however i'm not upset about that because you know what we need to set a foundation and setting a foundation sometimes being all rigid in some ways until you create something that's sustainable and this team, we didn't overspend in free agency. We don't have a lot of talent like the Hawks who spent money in free agency. Okay. So I'm not totally upset with Tibbs keeping the same rotation and keeping the same starting lineup, keeping the same bench because we have to start somewhere to start creating success. And that's what we did it. We, and, and we did it. We got to the playoffs. We won instead of winning 21 and a half games, we won 41 games this season. We did it. So I'm not totally upset with it. It's now moving forward, right? Now you got to add the talent for next season. Now you got to start being a little bit more creative. And I'm not asking to be Brad Stevens creative because I think he's way too creative where it's too detrimental to the team where you're just creating all these kooky lineups. I think you do have to be experimental though because when playoffs comes, when the playoffs come, you don't know what's going to happen and you have to be ready. You have to have seen different types of lineups before. And we have, we've seen Burke start. 
You know what I mean? So why not throw Burks out into the starting unit and have just Rose, Taj, IQ, Obi, and then, I don't know, maybe Knox, okay? Because he's given us some three points throughout the season. So let's see if he can do something. Put Frank in there if you want more defense. Something else just to change it up. Open to those ideas. We need we need something else, okay? Because if we're not going to get it, and this is the, this is the cause, right? This is the this is the after effect when you get Peyton, who's not giving you something. Now you got to go somewhere else. So I feel you. I'm not too upset with the the stringent lineups, but it definitely needs to change next season and moving forward because we can't. When you get to here and you have you have injuries and and all these other things that just come up, you need you need that ability to make adjustments. And we're seeing it right now in crunch time where now we're trying to figure things out and it's just not working. Yeah, I, I agree with you, dude. And sometimes I know you, you especially don't like to hear this, but sometimes it's not just us. The Hawks have been playing really good basketball. Like, they can have. we talk, can we talk about the Atlanta Hawks for a second? I, I'm, I'm, I know, I know we hit, we're not hitting our shots, but that's just it. And I also know that we're one third quarter away from getting swept. I, I am with you. Even though I think we played better the first game, if it wasn't for like that third quarter in game two, where you literally <laughs> are getting swept right now. I get that. Yeah. But let's, let's talk about the Hawks, dude. I hate Trey Young with everything right now. He really is Reggie Miller. That's it. He is officially Reggie Miller in my brain. I hate him like Reggie Miller. Mm-hmm. That's it. Like for, yep. it's solidified, but it's, I, I'm 100 percent with you. It is it, he he became the villain real quick, and it is here to stay. I do not yeah. like Trey Young. Do not. <laughs> yeah, he's not my one Miller. bit. Yeah, exactly. he's a, he's a he's a good he's a really good player. Yeah, I do when, not like him when he gets when he gets uh like 30 feet away and does that uh, crossover back. That's a money shot that's going in every time. Otherwise, like on the when he gets you don't off the bother fade, me. You want to know what bothers me? You know how Reggie Miller did the choke time? Yeah. I hate, I hate with a passion when Trey Young is just jogging back and he's just like rubbing his arms like it's freezing, like, ooh, cold. Just, <laughs> I hate it. It is equivalent to. He does to that. that for you. He does that for uh, you. He does that for you then if you hate it that uh, much. Oh my God. <laughs> I just, I actually, uh, that, that stuff doesn't bother me that like, that stuff fuels me for but like dude, when, when we just, beat him just, to just do it back to him. That's cause, what he has every right to show swagger like that. Yeah. It's not even that I hate. He has every right to. I, I I get it. Like when you're feeling it, look, there's guy when you play pickup and you're not if you're not showing a little swag when you're feeling it, something's wrong with you, okay? Can't be stone cold. <laughs> even Kawhi shows a little like a little motion here and there where there's a scream or or something, you know what I mean? Just like mm-hmm. st- he he does it. I get it. Okay. Whatever. I just it's just the image of just like they're doing it and our team's looking downright bad right now. It's it's tough, man. It's tough. Tough, yeah. but go on. But yeah, and, and I, you know what else is tough, dude? Gallinari shooting six threes a game at 33%. Hutter killing us. He's shooting at 50%, dude. Four threes a game, 50%. What do you want? Like, that doesn't do with Trey Young. Bogey absolutely murdered us. He's shooting like nine threes a game, dude. He's absolutely killing us. He, he's finally getting into his, playoff mode and that's what bothers me man that's what bothers me about like the first half of this pod already and like how everyone's excuses about the knicks it's our first playoffs this that it's also everybody here's first playoffs too man like bogey trey young hooder like these guys john collins like you know what i'm saying like all of a sudden gallinari's playoff experience is why he's killing us right now no he's making us look small he's bodying us on the on the baseline post up 
You know what I mean? His fadeaways. Oh. I, I, the, the only the only thing that's really bothering me is we're leaving them for open threes and yes. they're getting to the free throw line so much, dude. I actually, honestly, the free throw shot attempts, three and four, we had more in game three and four. It was close. It's, it wasn't so egregious where, where it was just way off. It was pretty close in the call, foul call. So I'm not too annoyed by that. But what is bothering me is the open shots because they had way they've had way too many open looks and it's just insane. We're not closing out like we're you like we're used to, which is insane. That's what we that's when say when people say oh the three point was going to go back to the mean it never did, you know because we kept closing out so hard and we're not doing that. I think guys are just too frustrated that their shots aren't dropping that they're not playing hard enough defense. You know, that's one it, thing. Everyone hitting their shots, totally agree and. I said that too when I was making my point about how many playoff minutes early, but I and this is the, this is where it gets a little nuanced for me. Some guys are ready for it, some guys aren't. You know what I mean? Yeah. Our guys, our guys aren't ready for it. If it looks like they are not ready for it, the Hawks look like they are ready for it. You know what I mean? That's those are that's where it comes down. So I agree that playoff minutes don't necessarily. You can't say, oh well, they have more experience. Da da da. da. I get that. At the same time, some it comes into effect saying who's ready, right? That's what it comes down to. Hawks yeah. look ready. Knicks don't. And dude, it's just. Can it's, I say something? Can I say something yeah, now that ahead. we're now that we're at towards the end of this pod? Only the real sure. ones are still here, and so um, I won't get in too much trouble. Jared. Tibbs doesn't run an offense in the playoffs. He's always have a stagnant offense in the playoffs. This is nothing new. It's nothing new. Every single time Tibbs, he just he's he's it's a lot of isolation. Defense. Exactly. It's a lot of isolation. It's a lot of isolation. Which we're So anyone... we can't be that upset about the offense. Be- we, the only thing we could legitimately be upset about is the fact that our defense isn't closing out. We're playing very, very bad defensively, especially against the three-pointer, which, like you said, we've been closing on all year. But it just so happens that we're playing a team who lives and dies by the three-pointer. Like, Bogey is, is shooting almost nine threes a game. Trey Young, seven and a half. Yeah, yeah. Gallinari six threes, harder four four threes, like per game. Hunter four threes, like, and they're all everybody's above thirty five percent. Everybody, I think Gal's at thirty three. Like everybody yeah. is, you know, what I'm saying everybody. The team, their team as a whole is shooting thirty eight percent, which is way over the average. They're killing it. So that's what's they're- bothering me. Not the fact that we suck on offense because, like. I'm sorry to say, like, we just have to expect it. If we don't get a superstar offensive player, like point guard, like guard, like just like ball dominant offensive star, it's just the way it's going to be. It's just the way it's going to be with Tibbs. He's an ISO guy. He's just going to depend on someone like Randall. And it's unfortunate, but like, as long as you play defense, we'll be good to go. And we just haven't showed up. But the thing is that Randall, you know, Randall did a little bit. I think he got seven assists this last this last game. He had seven assists, so he was he was starting to get yeah. He got seven assists, ten rebounds, twenty three points. He's getting his big numbers, like he's like he's he's getting his traditional stats. He's get he got his which is twenty nineteen Randall. He got you know what his I mean? that's twenty nineteen Randall. He got his traditional numbers. Um, this past game that he's used to, it wasn't efficient the way he got it. But the thing that we need out of Randall is to keep creating for others. He probably should have had more than seven assists this game because they keep doubling him they're looking for him they're looking to stop him they're looking to close off everything that he does in the paint and that's that his job then is to find everyone else because that's what his role was and this is kind of where that Derek Rose starting maybe mucking it up a little bit 
because Derrick Rose needs the ball in his hand, as does Julius Randle. Unfortunately, Julius, in his first two games, didn't show that he was creating for others, which is why we needed Derrick Rose in here to also create for others. So unless Julius can go back to creating for others, then we can kind of move Derrick Rose back to that second unit and then bring in Burks. I don't know what's going to happen this game, this, this upcoming game. If Julius can finally get back into his bag of just finding guys, fi- getting open looks for everybody else, and then everyone can just start hitting these shots, that's what we need. That's what we need out of Julius right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need Julius to start getting into his dishing bag more so than his scoring bag because he sets up for everybody else. He gets Burks going. He gets Barrett going. He gets Noel going. All right, the fans he does- going. He gets us going, but that's that's what we need out of him. And that, if we're going to be honest, that's what we need. We need Julius to really step up. This is yep. if you want to be that guy, if you want to be, if you want to put New York on your shoulders like he did this season. When it comes postseason, you got to get be able to get everyone involved and to attract the defense like he has been doing on you. But you have to make the smarter reads, the faster reads, and play your game and be efficient while doing it. And he can do it. I believe that he can do it. I think it's just first time in the playoffs. I think he's in his own head. I think he's more between the ears than it's anything else. But to finish off, to finish off what you said about the Hawks, the Hawks are hitting everything. That's what it comes down to, as you pointed out. They're hitting everything. When you're getting, when you're hitting close to 40% from three, uh, 36, 36 attempts as a team, you're doing your job. Okay. They're just doing their job. There's nothing, there's nothing to say about it. And when you have Trey Young, being able to attack the paint like he is and open up for everybody else, whether it's for John Collins, Bogey, uh, Herder when he's on the court, uh, Hunter, Gallo. And then you also have Lou Williams, who Lou Williams hasn't been playing spectacular, but he does the same thing Trey Young does, which is he can get into the paint and then create for everybody else. So yeah. it's tough. They have to, they, the Knicks just have to be more disciplined. The one thing I will say that I noticed from the Knicks more so this past game. And probably the series is that they keep jumping. They're not, they've never jumped at every three pointer. That's true. They've been jumping at every ball. Like, Gal, too many times Gal gives that bum pump fake. That bum pump fake. And then he gets that open look. I'm like, are you kidding? Bro, he looks like Jordan out there. And it's annoying that, <laughs> like, the hell out of me. He really he looks, he looks like Melo, straight up. He's just getting the ball, bodying us, no matter who's on him. Just like fade away to the, to the board. Like getting boards, it's too much. Getting threes, he's it's stupid mohawk, <laughs> and he's like complimenting Randall. Oh God, I can't stand him right now. It's too much. It's too much. But John, I think that's all we got. That's all I got to say about Game Four. We got Game Five coming up. We what we talked about is the adjustments the Knicks need to make. Julius Randall needs to be more in his playmaking bag than his scoring bag because it will lead to him being able to score. In my opinion. Yeah. All right. We need guys just to hit their shots, plain and simple. Third, we need guys to play defense like they have been, closing out on the three-point shot. Okay? We can't give it to everybody. And that's it. That those are really the key the key things that need to happen. That's it. There's nothing else that I, that I see it, it just comes down it just comes down to those th- three things. And we'll see, man. Game game 5 will be back at MSG on Wednesday. You will be there. I know you're gonna. I know you're a little nervous as we were talking before we recorded, but get hype, man! You got to support this podcast and support this New York Knicks crew first and foremost. Because guess what, man? We're gonna. We need to win, man. We need to win to make this a series. We have to at least make this a series. We can't go out like no punks. 
That's, can't that's get gentlemen sweep, bro. We can't get gentlemen sweeped At, by the Hawks. That, that's where I'll be upset. We cannot yeah. get gentlemen sweeped by the Hawks. They are not. They are talented, but they're not that good where they should be giving us the gentleman sweep. That, I, not unacceptable. Unacceptable. So here's the thing. So here's the thing. So here's the thing. I think we're going to be hard to close out, especially when we're home. This is what home court advantage is all about. So I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna win game five. I think we're going to go to game six, and that's going to be where the Hawks have to close the series. Mm-hmm. If the Hawks don't close the series on the road and we bring it back to MSG for game seven, where you and I will be there, I I think that it's going to be a wrap. It's going to be Nixon seven. Hey, by I, I the really way. Do, I really do think that. By the way, don't forget how many leads Atlanta's blown. Just saying. The That's city something. of Atlanta has blown a lot of leads. <laughs> Three-one lead. They have. Listen, listen, man. We just we're not going to lose it. We're not going to lose game five at home. That's going to hurt so. Oh my goodness! If Trey Young, if we lose, if we, if we lose, if we lose game five at MSG, that this is no, where this is no, where you gonna ask. Hurt. It's going to hurt where, my insides. My in, this you got to check on me. Check on me. Where, <laughs> for sure, I will. I will. You're probably in the hospital. And we're going to get. We're going to get, we're gonna have to get you out. Check me. Uh, <laughs> check me. Check on me Thursday morning, bro. It's going to be tough. Um, this is where I was saying. I don't. I think it might have been with Claudio on the pod. Um, I forget who we had on the pod. This, but this is where we're talking about expectations, right? Yes, I know the Knicks have exceeded expectations, and we're in the playoffs. I get it. There's, but there's. I'll. This is where I said I'd be disappointed. If we lost to the Hawks in this manner, if it's not seven games, this is where I can, this is where the caveat was. If it's not seven games, if it's a gentleman sweep, this is where I'm 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 disappointed because we played so well this season that we can't go out like this. We we just can't go out like this. And you asked me, and I told you, if you're going to show this type of chippiness at the end of the game, because let's be real, the, the Hawks were they had a bad hit on Reggie Bulk on his neck. That wasn't right. And that's why Julius pushed Gallo and gave him the business. All right. I wish we saved it for a little harder foul, but yeah. <laughs> I w- I, he should have given him a harder foul because yeah. he was checked out of that game. Uh, you give him a harder foul if that's the case, but I get it. So John, I got nothing else to say about this. Let's hope the, let's hope the Knicks win game five, uh, at MSG, take it back to Atlanta, win that one and make a game seven so that you and I can go be there at MSG for game seven. All right. Cause that's what we need. And that's what the New York Knicks need. And that's what this fan base needs, okay? You got anything else to say, bro? Nah, man. Your voice to God's ear. Let's go Knicks, bro. Let's go Knicks. All right, everyone. Thank you for tuning in for another Knicks episode of the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast. Please make sure to give us a five-star review and leave a comment if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts. On top of that, we are available on all streaming platforms. We're on Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Amazon Alexa. You name it, we are there. Also, please make sure to follow us on all social media platforms. We're on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Just look for Knicks, Jets, ETC, period. All right. On top of that, and just to let everyone know, if you were with us this late, we're still doing Jets content. Going to be a little off, obviously, because Knicks playoffs takes more precedent than Jets who are just doing OTAs. And there's not a lot of news going on right now. So we will get back to the New York Jets because we still love that team, too. But everyone, thank you for tuning in for another Knicks episode. As always, catch you later this week. Let's go Knicks.